so much of the Bible has to do with uh, agrarian type, um, plant type, uh, growth, and so many examples are given uh, from soil to seed to watering to planting to harvesting to growth, and uh, you know that that we are called as believers. We are called the planting of the Lord. Do you realize that? That's there's a scripture, and 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 I've always loved. It's one of my favorite scriptures that talks about that we are the planting of the Lord, and then he did he turns around right and and goes even further with that he said you're you're oaks of righteousness isn't that a beautiful thing you're an oak an oak though as big when we lived in in fort mill when my family lived in fort mill we live in rock hill now but when we lived in fort mill we had a tree in our yards an oak tree a big giant red oak tree it's got to be one of the oldest uh, our neighbor was 80 years old, and he said he remembered that being a big tree when he was young. So that's a big tree. And I measured it one time. It, it was 23 feet around. That um, Somebody help me. Is that circumference? That's circumference, isn't it? Yeah, all the way around, 23 feet around. That's a big tree. But how many of you know that started with a seed? Started with an acorn. So where you're at, and God always calls us better than what we're performing, doesn't he? He, he does, but he's our father, and we, we're his children. But we're growing, and he says that we're oaks of righteousness, so he sees us as we're going to be. And he says that you're the planting of the Lord. I absolutely love that. Now, let me tell you, being planted can also be right there with the feeling of something that being planted it, it also the seed has to be buried or covered up right so how many of you know there's a difference in being planted and being buried right you know you're with me being planted so say that i'm i'm the planting of the lord say that i'm the planting of the lord so certainly he's expecting me to come up and grow into something, right? And as even as that takes place, there's something that is produced out of you constantly. A, a, a tree has leaves, right? I just got through um, for the second time blowing all the leaves down to the sidewalk. I'm so proud of that leaf pile, but I'm telling you, it's a big pile. And I, I've done it twice, and then I called City of Rock Hill to make sure they didn't post this year when they're coming to pick them up. So I called them this week. I said, hey, it's been, it's been a while. I've, I've already done this twice now. I want to make sure I'm not missing something. I missed it last year. I had to week by week take piles of it, put it into the, the big brown uh, rollaway container for r yard rubbish until it all disappeared. I didn't want to do that again this year. So I called them and they said, well, for your area, it's just started, but they come by on Tuesday. So yesterday morning, I hear this rumbling outside. I said, there's a big vehicle out there. They, 
what's going on? I actually go to the front door to see the big leaf sucker truck driving past. I had a plate of grits, sausage, eggs, because I walked to the front door. I'm like, what's all this? I saw him going by. I, I dropped it right there, and I took off running outside. And, and he went, burnt, burnt. he blew the horn at me going by. I was like, no, you don't, no, you don't. I ran all the way out to my street, and I'm waving at him to make sure I see him. He drives and keeps going. I jumped in my truck. <laughs> I got in my truck. I'm not putting them, I'm not, I'm not doing that thing again with them leaves. I drive, I follow him. I live off Mount Gallon. I follow him all the way to Selenese and start heading towards Indy Hook. And he's gone. And I'm like, I just started facing it. I came home. I was so mad. What now? <laughs> I was like, what are they thinking? All of a sudden I hear a big sound again in my front yard. And the guy's out there and he just... It's a different truck. So I guess he let them know this crazy man is going to come find us. And those leaves are gone. I don't care where they took them or where they put them, but they're not in front of my house anymore. So next year, about this same time, it'll happen again like it happened last year. I hope I'll be a little bit more prepared for them. And I thought I had it right this year. So the whole thing with that is, is, is my trees are always producing something. Your life is always producing something. You are so fertile. Your soil. Your soil. God made you that way. God made you so things grow. You must be careful for your soil. Every one of us, we must be careful for our soil. You remember the story that, where it talks about the seed that was planted? And when the servants came and saw what was coming up in the field, they went back to the master of the field and they said, that's not what you planted. We, we planted it. We know you planted good seed. And his response was when he looked at what it was, and he got the report of what was growing up. He said, a stranger has done this. He said, while men slept, a stranger came and sowed bad seed with the good seed. Now, what happened with that? Of all the good intentions of the master of the field by planting good seed in his field, well, lo and behold, bad seed came up too. And his only excuse was that while we slept, a stranger came in and planted things. You must guard your field. You must protect your soil. Here's the thing about soil. It will accept seed of any kind, and whatever that seed is, that's what will grow. 
It's just the law. God said at the very beginning, he said, as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest. It'll always be there. As long as the earth remains. It's God's principle. You can't do anything about it. Seed, time, and harvest. So all that seed has to do is hit the soil. You have soil in your heart. Your, your heart is compared to your soil. You must protect your heart. And here's what you've got to be especially careful for. Even strange seeds will grow. It's not got to do with the seed. It's got to do with your heart's ability to grow things. You've got to be careful that the strange stuff doesn't get in. Okay, so I said all of that because we're, we're, we're very close to the end of a season that I felt like this year, until maybe this week, felt like we were actually having a fall. We, we, we just, we kind of like go from summer to all of a sudden one day it's winter. Like it might be Christmas and we're wearing a t-shirt around here, right? But the season of winter is almost on us. A matter of fact, the winter solstice, which is the date of winter, when winter starts, is December the 21st. So in less than three weeks, the season will change. Y'all remember the spring season of this year, how we, we, we came from winter into spring? And I looked that up, and while we were in church, it officially started at about 11.20 or so, or 10.20 or whatever it was. And, and I preached to start with that day because I didn't want us to miss that. And I didn't want us to miss that moment when a season was about to change. Well, this year, December the 21st, will begin winter. So a season's getting ready to change. We are in the fall right now. We're in the backside of the fall. You can look in your yard and tell it. It's true. The, the, the leaves are falling right now. Winter will shortly be upon us. Winter is the season where things die they 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 have to die the shortest day of 2023 the shortest day you know what it is december the 22nd winter starts on the 21st the day after will be the shortest daylight period that there is but you know what that also means what? It starts growing more and more after that. Yes, it, it'll get lighter, longer, lighter, longer, 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 longer. And it'll, it'll, it'll begin light, uh, will begin to um, increase. But I'm looking for something right here. If the daylight is the shortest day that there will be, what else does that have to mean? The longest night, the longest darkness will be that night, December the 22nd. It'll be the shortest day and the longest night. I think those things mean something. And with winter occurring on the, the 21st, winter is associated with death. So 
things need to die. Things, things need to die. It's a season for things to die. And have you, have you noticed this yet? That winter is the only season that carries over from one year to the next. Right? Spring happens in 2023. Summer happens in 2023. Fall happens in 2023. But winter will go from 2023 into 2024. You know what that tells me? There are things that need to die now, and they'll need to die next year too. There is a season for death so that life can happen all over again. And in, in the Christian's life, there are things that need to die. So my question for you this morning is real simple. What needs to die? I, I, I preach every Sunday. I, I seldom miss preaching. I started adding up just this week of the number of sermons that I've preached since we started this church. And it's, it's somewhere around 900 sermons. So I've probably said enough in 900 sermons pastoring this church for us to get something. Sometimes... It's not just about hearing what to do. It's doing what you've heard. So the question is, I mean, for every one of us, myself included, what needs to die? I can tell you this. There's always things in our life that needs to die. If we're going to be honest with ourselves, there are things that need to die. Because if they don't die, then they Live. Are there things that are living that need to be dead? Are there things in your life that would be better off if they just weren't there anymore? Those are things that need to die. So I, I, I went to um, a round table. I have a particular spot. I, I, it, it, it's a... Uh, it's a position that I didn't ask for and it was given to me. And I'm very thankful for it because it exposes me to some great minds. And this doctor was there. His name was Dr. Samuel Chan. He's an amazing man. And it costs a lot to sit. And I get, I get to go for free. I got to sit under some of his teaching. And I, I've heard him say some incredibly smart Things And he was talking to pastors. It was a group of pastors, about 40 of us pastors. And, and, and the biggest thing that I ever came back with that he said, as, as every pastor, and he doesn't even pastor. He's just a smart guy. <laughs> How do you know somebody from the outside of what you do can come by and say, I think there's a better way that you could do that. <laughs> Don't you love that when that happens? Like you think you had it figured out. And somebody comes by and, and humbles you. But that's a good thing if it's good advice and you take it, right? And he said, let me tell you, let me tell you, pastor, something that you need to hear. All of a sudden, the phones were out. The tablets were out. Guys like me had pen and paper. 
We were ready to write. We were ready to get some knowledge. He was about to say a thing to us that we needed to hear. And he said, when you go home to your church, he said, I know a lot of you guys are here because this is a big church. It's a big gathering. Y'all are going to buddy up. Y'all are going to talk about the good things that are happening. Some of you are going to lie. Some of you are going to embellish about your numbers and all this stuff. And you're going to go home feeling good about yourself. But when you get there, you need to de- take this advice home with you. He said, when you get back to your church, he said, you need to figure out what you can kill. And that was a mic drop moment. He said, here's the thing, pastors, that that you've got going on. He said, you've got things in your church, every one of you. You've got some stuff that you need to kill. And it's your responsibility to kill it. And he said, but instead of killing it, you didn't think you could kill it. He said, you've been resuscitating it. He said, you've been giving it breaths. He said that you've been pouring in resources. And he said, you've been feeding something that needs to die. And we all sat there and looked like deer in the headlights. And we all knew he was right. Man doesn't pastor anybody, doesn't preach any sermons. But boy, he just said a mouthful to me. The things I need to go back and kill, right? You need, I mean, there, there, were, there were churches represented there that had hundreds of ministries. And everybody's like, ooh, that one's costing, that one's costing, that one's costing. I expect some things to cost. I expect children's ministry to cost. I expect youth ministry to cost. But I don't look at those as costs. I look at those as investments. We don't need to kill that. We don't need to kill that. So I'm, I'm not trying to, I'm not getting up here and say, okay, so this is what we're going to kill this year. I just want you to know that every area in your life probably has an area that you've been pouring into resuscitating bringing back to life feeding it's been extracting from you resources and it hasn't done anything but pull and pull and pull and you're trying and you're trying and you're trying that happened in the bible there was this tree that wasn't growing any fruit and it was time to just cut it down and the man said, can I take one more year with it? Can, can I dig around it? Can I fertilize it? Can I give it some special care? And then we'll see. Yeah, you can do that. So that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to make sure this upcoming year that I look at some things that I think, hmm, you need to die. Do you need to die? Well, let's, let's, let's dig around you a little bit. Let's put some fertilizer. Let's watch you. Let's give you some care. Let's, let's give you some instruction. I'm willing to take my blame. I'm willing to take my part. But I'm watching it. And I'm saying, for the whole, does this need to live or does this need to die? I think there's value in that. And in my life, I need to make sure I'm not allowing anything to live that actually needs to die. Amen? I think that's pretty good preaching so far. Rod Parsley, I'm not, when, when I give you a guy's name, when I call a guy's name, I'm not saying 
that you know I might say T.D. Jakes. I might say I might say Joel Osteen. I might say Rod Parsons. I'm not saying that I'm lining up under these guys and believe they're men. I pray for these men. They've got way more influence than I do. But I'm just telling you something that I pulled out of them that that they said one time. Rod Parsley said this. He said, "What's dead in your life? What's dead in your life?" I'll never forget what he said. He said, because it's been stinking a long time. I said, oh, my goodness. Have have I had something dead in my life that even other people can walk by and say, it's dead in your life. I, I smell something. Nothing smells like death, right? You know it when you smell it. And he said, What's dead in your life? He said, it's been stinking a long time. And he said, what you need to do with it is bury the thing. And he said, out of the ashes of that, God can grow something. I never forgot that. Because that's how God is. He, 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 his plan is to grow things. a matter of fact, he requires production out of our lives. Right? I think that his son dying is plenty enough reason for him to expect that death to be what works life in us so that produce should constantly be happening in our lives. It's, it's evident around us. It's all in the Word of God. It, it, it's all there. I've said, I said it over and over to start with. Seed, soil, fertilizing. Pulling out roots, pulling out vines, pulling out things that choke. The parable of the seed and the sower. Sowing good seed. Expecting a harvest. Seed time, harvest, watering. All these things are always going to be there. He certainly must expect something out of our lives. So my question is, what's dying? What's dying? What, what needs to die? What do you need to kill in your life? Scripture, John 12, verses 24 through 26. Jesus said this. He said, I tell you the truth. Unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces Many seeds. The man who loves his life will lose it, while the man who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant also will be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. I don't claim to be all that smart. I don't. Y'all probably say, good, because you shouldn't. But in my line of duty, I come across things. Where, and if I don't come across things, sometimes people tell me things. And certainly, it's, it's so clear. That thing right there in your life, it's not blessing you. It needs to die. And something else happens, and there's that thing. 
that you remember how it needed to die? Things haven't improved. Still needs to die. But here's the thing. I can't kill it. I can't kill what you need to kill in your life. Let me tell you something else. God won't kill what you need to kill. Y'all hear the air? All of a sudden, it sounds like the air's like. God won't kill what you need to kill. And it won't get killed if you're resuscitating it. If you're giving it breaths. If you're giving it heart pumps. If, if you're bringing it back and, and then, well, now you're feeding it. What's that about? As a pastor, I preach pretty hard lately on things. I know that. I'm aware of that. But I've only said what I believed I was supposed to say. Because I'll stand in front of the Lord for what I say. But if I look at my life, I would say I need to guard against dead things. And if I'm going to look at our lives as a, as a good pastor, I'm going to say, look at your life. Is there something that's dead or dying? And if it's not a benefit yet, season after season after season, and if this particular season of death, this winter season, goes from one year into a next, it takes you out of one year and, and, and welcomes you into another. Something, it's got to be a reminder, something still needs to die. Something's needing to die. Something that needed to die last year needs to die again this year. Kind of like our New Year's resolutions. It's kind of like that a little bit. Every year. I, can't, I come to the same one every year. I'm fat. And try to think up some diet to fix it. The diet was going to fix it. You know who will fix it? When it finally happens, if it ever happens, something will change. And it's really only got to change from here to here. And y'all be like, Pastor, why can't you kill it? Why can't you kill it? You're like, I can't. Y'all have no idea the mesmerizing hold that little Debbie has on me. Y'all need to pray against that demon. Psalm 139. Close with this. Sometimes, because we can't stay all day, and because we can't take the time just to read it, You would do yourself a favor to read all of one Psalm 139. Just, just read the whole thing one time. And when I give you guys scripture, if you take home, like I say, I get John 12, 24. I, I gave you 24 through 26 out of John 12. Today, out of Psalm 139, I'm giving you 23 and 24. How many of you know that means there's 23 verses in John 12 before we got to that and verses afterwards? Now, the good thing about Psalm 139 is I'm giving you the end of the chapter, but there's 22 verses I'm not giving you. 
that are way better than anything I could have told you. They're God's Word, and they're for you. But since we, we, we preach like this, and, and His Word even said He chose through the foolishness of preaching, take some of these Scriptures home and, and look at what the whole thing says. You'll be, you'll be amazed. At the end of this, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but at the end of this, where He came from. Matter of fact, what he just got to saying the verse before. It's a, wow. It's amazing. And that got him to this place. And David says this. He says, search me, O God. Let me give you one more verse. First verse. O Lord, you have searched me and you know me. Back to verse 23. Search me, O oh God, and know my heart. That, you know what that tells me? What I've been talking about. That tells me what I've been. God, you already know that I got issues. Let a little time go by. And what needed to die, probably need to die again. This period of winter in my life needs to come back around and hit me again and say it's winter. It's time for things to die again. It's time for things to I'm working on you. You are the planting of the Lord. You are an oak of righteousness. I'm going to give you everything I got to get you there. Search me. Oh God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way Everlasting. Dale, will you come play? I can't ever say this scripture without thinking this. This is, this is what it gets me. I've already searched me. I've already searched me. But let me tell you the bad part of me. I give myself passes. That's the human side. But what will help me and get me there is when I say, God, I've searched me. You search me. You ask God to do that, you won't get any passes. It'll be right there in front of you like that. Oh, yeah. That's right, God. I, I, I can't hide anything from you. That right there when you searched yourself, you might miss it. And you probably will. You might even make an excuse for it. You might make an excuse for it if you bump up against it. You might give yourself a little grace. But if you ask God to search you, and He shows you something, that's probably what you need to kill right there. That, that's probably what you need to kill. Nobody should ever take their Bible and stand up here and say, I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it figured out. What I figured out about me is that I'm soil. And even when I do everything I know to do, there's a scripture that tells me, 
there's a stranger out there. And even when I sleep, he's trying to drop seeds in. Y'all are good folks. Y'all are good people. You're here. You've made him your choice. But there's an enemy of your soul that hates that choice. And I don't I think he works nights. I think you do pretty good in the daytime. I do. I believe that. But there's an enemy that works nights. And he's after us. He's not just an enemy, he's an enemy of my soul. He's an enemy of what's eternal in me. He's an enemy of what's going to live forever. The end result of that is that God will take care of that. Matter of fact, the scripture said, Let, should, should we pluck out the bad? And he said, no. If you pluck out the bad, you'll probably pluck out some good with it. He said, let both grow together. And at the end of time, I'll separate it. That's good news to us who know that we're human. That's good news to us that cling to the grace of God and are thankful for it. I'm not talking about we, we dabble in and out and, and a little bit of Jesus and a whole lot of me. I'm talking about those that have made Him your choice. You know there are some things that are growing that you wish weren't there. And you got to let them grow together. You're not perfect. You can't do it on your own. But you got to understand that there's a God that will take care of that. He's like, I got, I got the final say. But along the way, there's some things I'm going to expect you to kill. I'm going to give you a season every year that's death. It's winter. I'm going to follow that with a beautiful, a beautiful, out of that death, something beautiful is going to spring up. And by summertime, it's going to grow to completion. And a harvest is going to come. You're going to be so grateful for it. And right after that, I'm going to cause things to die, slowly die and, and fade away. And then I'm going to require death again. And I'm going to carry that season into the next year so you remember. I'm always needing something to die. So that you can live. But I can't kill it. And he won't kill it. You got to kill it. You got to lay it down. And what you got to kill, your neighbor might not need to kill. That requires something from you to be responsible for yourself. Because if you can't kill it for your neighbor, you're not responsible for them. So let it go. That might be what somebody needs to kill right there. Let other people's actions go. Just let, them, let it die. That's not your thing. That's between them and the Lord. Let it go. 
That's sucking you dry. That's, that's, that's occupying mind territory that you don't need to let occupy any more space in your brain. Search me, O oh God. Know my heart. Know my thoughts. See if there's any wicked way in me. And lead me to the way everlasting. Amen. I'm so glad that this life is a process. thankful for process. Is anybody thankful for process? And process can be hard and it can be long. So many things that I, I can just give you scripture after scripture. Proof of process. Proof of process. Or the planning of the Lord. Proof of process right there. Created for His glory. Created for His praise. So as I send you out this morning, I'm not sending you out on a low. I'm sending you out to know there's a future that's going to be this after you take care of this. Introspection is very valuable. But when you ask God to inspect your introspection, search what I left uncovered you search God you won't leave a, you won't leave anything uncovered there'll be no nothing swept under the rug there, there'll be nothing hidden under a rock you'll pull it out are you courageous enough to do that are you brave enough to do that say God search me As Dale is playing, I just want you to say, hey, these altars are open. You can stay in your seat. But I want us to take a few minutes. Not just hear a sermon this morning. Take a few minutes and say, God, search me. It's time for something to die. I want it to die. If you'll do that, he'll help you kill it then. He's not just going to erase it. He'll help you kill it then needs to die. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your word. And thank you for your readiness to search us, to help us in the process. We are the planning of the Lord. Our heart is soil. Your word is seed. It's good seed. But it's not the only seed. There's other seeds and then there's enemy seeds and there's strange seeds. And you made our hearts fertile. It'll grow. It'll grow like no other soil will grow something. But out of that growth, we live our lives, Lord. And production, whatever's produced in our life, came from a seed. 
God, help us to find the places in our lives that are pulling away from us. Pulling away from our relationship with you because it starts right there. If it's a root of bitterness, if it's a jealousy, if it's a hurt, if it's pain, if it's a scar, if it's a wound, if it's a fresh wound, whatever it may be, when we have discovered that it's not blessing us and it's not drawing us closer to you, it needs to go. Search our hearts, God. Know our thoughts, because you already do. See if there is a way in us that is leading us away from the eternal life that we have in you and lead us back to you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we've got... Um, my math is right. 10th, 17th, 24th, 31st. We got four Sundays left. We're still, that's going to be New Year's Eve, the 24th. New Year's Eve, that's a Sunday, right? What did I say? New Year's Eve's the 31st. That's a Sunday, too. We got two Eves. Am I right with that, with that part? Help me. We got two Eves that we're going to deal with, and we're going to have church on those days. I've been, I've been surprised. We've even had church on Christmas Day before. Probably one of the best, the best well-attended services we had. And, and I almost gave that one up. I told my wife, I said, I don't, don't want to be there just us. We do that at home. And she's like, John, I think they'll come. She was right. She's usually right. I married way up. So we're going to have service on those days. So y'all plan for those. We're going to have a special time together. It's going to be a special time. So between now and then, God bless you. God keep you. And I can't wait to be with you guys again next week. Don't forget, we have Wednesday night prayer. If you can come out to one of those, it's just prayer, really. It's just we get together, we share for a few minutes. And we pray, you know, you don't know who we pray for mostly? You. We pray for this body of believers. So if you can come and, and, and be with us, we start that at 630. So God bless you. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you soon.